0: Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy.
1: Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock.
0: Hello and welcome to Rock That Relationship. We are back with you for another season today. We are going to be talking about Healing. Actually, this whole season we're talking about healing and today we're going to be talking about what kind of healing. Because before you can actually start healing, you need to identify what you're actually healing from. And so we're going to really break that down a lot today, talk about some strategies that may work for you. Uh, of course, as usual, Tracy and I have very different approaches sometimes to the way that we've gone about our processes and for healing, it is really no different. We have lots of ideas and lots to share and We look forward to a lively discussion as always. So let's kick it off, uh, Tracy. When, you know, let's just even kind of think of healing. Um, when you've thought about your healing processes from previous breakups, you know, are there just kind of getting us started? What are just some of the things that stick out to you in mind that have worked for you? Just a couple ideas, just get us kind of kicked off here. What's been really good about your healing processes?
1: Um, mm, that's a good question. I mean, Watching some sad movies, crying, crying. Did you watch Bridget Jones?
0: Did you watch Bridget Jones?
1: No, that doesn't appeal to me as a lesbian. <laughs> I don't understand that movie. I mean, it's kind of funny, but no, it's not that. That doesn't help me. Um, actually, I didn't even watch that one. I would if because I'm old school. I'd have to go back and watch St. Almost Fire* with Demi Moore, <laughs> <laughs> crying, okay. crying, crying. But I mean, crying. Sorry, it's true. I cry crying. a lot. I've Was it like
0: sobbing lost. in the corner, rocking back and forth, holding your knees, you kind of crying?
1: you were present for tri- the last one. Yes,
0: that is true. I tri- will yes. cry
1: and cry. I don't rock on the floor, but I definitely will sob and let it out because why not? What do I have to lose? I've already lost the thing that I wanted the most. So what does it matter, right? I I think it's interesting when people are like you know, Oh, don't cry or shame to cry. And perhaps that comes from some childhood trauma where they were told not to be that way. But, um, I cry, I cry, cry, cry. (laughs) And, um, you know, like I cried so much last year in, uh, Palm Springs when I went to visit actually my ex, you know, who's not a fan of crying and I had been broken up with. And I just, I mean, it was as if there was an endless, Waterfall coming out of like I literally I remember my face was just wet, and I just sobbed and sobbed, and I think that that is really helpful. I also think that hiking is helpful um I think whatever activity you're into, and you know pickleball pickleball saved me from so many nights of um sitting alone at home crying, you know,
0: mhm, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's funny because you and I, of course, have very different ways in which we we go through our healing process. My, mine is really stay so incredibly busy, micromanage the heck out of everything that I'm doing, be a control freak in my life. And I have a name for my alter ego that takes over during the healing process. And the name of my alter ego is The General. And The General just bosses myself around to get through it like it's like some kind mm-hmm. of a competition. I, I'm not going to say that... um, it doesn't have its flaws. Right. But <laughs> at the same time, it's sort of served me my type A personality to just, you know, keep so incredibly busy and kind of control everything around me when I'm feeling a sense of being out of control. And that's really how I kind of start at least initiate the healing process. Well, um, that's
1: why I'm saying we should have my best friend on because you guys are so similar and I'm so different. Like you're both the same and I get the same. She's more tough love though. You're much more like, understanding of my process and she will like push me to do it her way and come on let's do this get over this but you know I did that to you a lot too I I actually saw you break down a couple times and cry and then I would say to you come on forget it let's go hiking or you know use some derogatory name for that (laughs) other person and I think you know that is helpful it has its time and its place and It's got to be whatever moves the person. I mean, for me, it's hiking. Hiking has literally saved my life. You know, it really has. It's, it's given me so much. It's, I can't even describe it. And, you know, I'm partially a solo hiker. And I mean, I'm not, I don't do huge long distances. I do the daily stuff, but, you know, I just went the other morning when it was all misty here and I was like, you know, this is where I do my thinking you know, and my ruminating and speculating. And (laughs) I, it's like, I'm going around in this circle on this, you know, mountain and, and my head is going around. Right. So I don't need to do 800 miles, but I do that every day. And, and I, I come to uh peace with myself, you know, and I, I work things out a little bit. And then of course I call you right after I get off the phone, get off the (laughs) hiking and call you. I mean, That's the other thing. Friends, right? Friends are critical, in my opinion, friends or family, whatever, whoever's your support system to have that support system there, I think is absolutely critical. And I know there are some people who like to self isolate and go internal. And I mean, there is a time and a place for that. And I've done that a little bit, you kind of pushed me to be more social. I mean, I was always social with my closest friends, you know, but I wasn't wanting to be out and about in the community. And people notice that. And that's the thing is when you have a good group of friends, they do reach out. You can say, hey, I'm just not feeling it now. And I've reached out to a couple of people and been like, hey, what's up? And they're like, I'm just feeling really like self-isolating and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But if you need something, I'm here and I'm here 24-7, you know, just reach out to me. So right, I think right. that's really super important Um, friendship, yeah. you know. Well, no, those are things, you know,
0: particularly we talked about in season two around just kind of getting through the initial breakup uh, stage where it's just kind of overwhelmed that self survival, right? The reaching out to people and, and, and then you're talking about taking even a step further as finding something that, that fuels your fire, that gives you space to think or space to connect with yourself. And in your case, it's hiking. But, you know, one of the things that I found that was really interesting through, you know, kind of going through, um, the healing process after a breakup was really trying to figure out what I was healing from. So I was doing all those Mm -hmm. things, like you're saying, right? Like I'm throwing myself into this and I'm doing this and I'm making my lists, and all this. And I'm trying to figure out why some things were working better than others. And at first I thought maybe it's just a preference, right? But then I realized, and you know, had I even had any kind of conversation with anyone, I probably would have been able to discern this much quicker was this idea of, you know, the difference between grief and trauma,
1: and I didn't mm-hmm. realize that
0: I was experiencing two processes at the same time. And they're both really different from each other. And they both required me to do different things to help. So like when I was, you know, when I think about grief, right, you end a relationship and you're, you're sad, you're sad because you have lost something you've lost. Maybe the, you've lost the relationship. You've lost the love that you had in the relationship. Maybe you've even lost what your imagined future was together. Like, Oh my goodness. We were going to take this trip next summer, or we were going to buy a house. It was like the future is all of a sudden gone. You're, you're, you're lost with like this idea of being alone. Like you're physically lost. Like, what am I supposed to do with my time? And I remember thinking, you know, I'm feeling this, you know, sadness for, I'm missing Mm -hmm. the other person. I'm missing my friends, uh, that we had in common. I'm missing my life and I'm, I'm missing the habits. And now I'm like scared that I have to start over Uh, Maybe I'm going to have to start dating again. And so it's like the sense of loss, but you know, it was, it's really, it was really different for me than maybe like trauma, right? Like Trauma, not all, not all relationships and breakups have trauma, but some right. of them do. Sometimes the relationship itself is traumatic. It was toxic, right. it was horrible, or maybe the, maybe the breakup itself was awful. Like you maybe had been cheated on or something. And so there's trauma to deal with. Um And even the post breakup, right? Like seeing, running into your ex with their new person is just re- recycles that trauma. And it took me a while to realize that going through grief and going through trauma, were Two very different things that were eliciting very similar emotions. I was sad. I was angry. I was hopeless. I was confused and they're both coming from grief and trauma at the same time, but they were really, really different from each other. Um, have you experienced like a time in which you had maybe grief and trauma at the same time?
1: Like, like how, how were they
0: different or same, the same with each other?
1: Uh, yes, I have experienced that. And that's the thing is being losing the love. Okay the love of your life or somebody that you really thought you would have something with. And then I've been, I mean, also traumatized by a breakup and how it happened. And even a post breakup stuff that when that other person moves on and then they start to change their behavior and kind of drop you, even if you were on good terms, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's not linear. Right. And so I think watching you have to, if you're the person that's experiencing this, I think this is what you got to do, like make a list. It doesn't have to be written. It's just a mental list. And the way that I think of it is columns, right? So you have your loss, you're losing the love. You're losing this person that you talk to every day, multiple times per day that you, you told that you love, that they told you that you love. So now suddenly you're at a loss of somebody who was being loving to you, right? As humans, we want that connection, whether it's physical or emotional, or both, right? You suddenly don't have that anymore. That to me mm-hmm. is like yep. it's like a, the the whole a world has been sucked out. Yeah, yeah, like a or big like hole you fall, in your life. Yep, yeah, or you've fallen off a cliff, right? Mm-hmm. You're just that's or gone. depending on your
0: I, relationship, you were pushed off the cliff.
1: Well, that could be. <laughs> but then, are you gonna? That's an interesting thing. That's your trauma right there, because right that's, then, are you? If you're if you've been pushed, you're not like oh, I missed That person, but if you're pushed, now you're like, I gotta deal with the fact that somebody pushed me off that cliff. Right. But I mean, could you,
0: could you have trauma and grief at the same time? I mean, could you have had a horrible breakup and a horrible relationship with someone and then still miss them when you break up?
1: Yeah, because I think that there are relationships that are, um, not great. They could be toxic, but you could have been like just good friends. You know what I mean? Had you not started dating. So you can still appreciate things about the person. And I mean, I try really hard not to be bitter or angry and to, I do really as, you know, A, I'm a hopeless romantic and B, I, I value these people in my life so much that I do end up being, try to be friends with them. I'm good, very good friends with two of them. So yeah, do I, yes, you could, I mean, even if the breakup is traumatic and it was done in a way that was really disrespectful or, that person was just not acting as their best. That's trauma to you. Did they mean it that way? I don't know. And you could look at it like, okay, I'm not going to hold this against them, but I still have to process it myself. And you could still love that person. We love people who do crappy things to us.
0: Right. 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 All the time.
1: I mean, we still love people who do that.
0: Well, you know, when, when we're talking about this, I, you know, I had this one breakup where, you know, we had had a rough go towards the end and the breakup itself was less than ideal. It was actually, in retrospect, looking at it, pretty traumatic for me. And um I was, you know, dealing with the grief and the trauma at the same time. And the the grief, I, I didn't realize again, of course, until months later that I moved through the grief pretty quickly. Um, I was able to figure out, you know, kind of how to reestablish my life, my habits mm-hmm. kind of moving forward. I wasn't as sad every day I'd wake up and I wasn't quite as sad. Um, and I didn't really, I, I started, I started it to a point where I wasn't really missing this person, but the trauma though, took me a lot longer. And I, it, it wasn't, is that until, because
1: you didn't realize it? Did it, it I had no idea because you didn't identify it.
0: I just was so upset about the breakup for so long that I thought it was grief the whole time. And then I was kind of getting mad at myself because, you know, it was a relationship that I was sort of ready to get out of too. And I thought, why am I not getting over this? And I realized it was really the trauma that I was holding on to. And that once I recognized that, which was interesting, you know, how I I recognize that I mentioned this briefly in a previous episode was that I, you know, I've been seeing a therapist and we were talking and this was great and I'm processing, you know, my grief and my loss and I'm sad and everything. And then I listened to this podcast from someone who talked about, you know, how to get through a breakup. And I looked her up online and I found out that she was part of this like kind of wellness clinic. And uh, I contacted them. They matched me with a breakup coach and that breakup coach, one of the very first things she said to me was, you know you're dealing with grief and trauma at the same time, and she said, "It mm-hmm. sounds like you've been working through grief with your counselor. let's talk about the trauma." of the breakup. Mm -hmm. And it was like a light bulb went off for me. And I thought, Oh my goodness. And it was like, it was the very first day I could start my trauma healing because I Mm -hmm. was now going to be doing things that were going to address the trauma and not things that were just going to address the grief. And that was just an epiphany for me. And so from, from this point, you know, from that point on, I was just, it was so much easier to distinguish kind of how I was going to go about my healing.
1: And I actually remember that day because it was so profound to you, right? That Mm -hmm. you, that hadn't occurred and it made a big shift for you. Like it made a really big shift. Like, okay, now I'm going to deal with this. Now I'm going to deal with the trauma. And of course you called me right after you got off the phone with that counselor. And it's true. It's, 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 those are different things in the same relationship. It's, you
0: can have both. Exactly. Well, and you know, it was, when I was going through my process before I had this, you know, this moment of clarity, you know, I was going to a lot of grief, grief support things. So I was doing things like, you know, what you would normally do for grief is, you know, time does help. Um, it doesn't heal all wounds, I don't think, but it does certainly help your brain sort of rewires and starts to, you know, kind of fill in the missing pieces with other things. Um, you know, I was able to kind of look through memories and not get sad, but you know, for a loss, but feel, grateful that I had those experiences with this person. Um, you know, and like I said, I was going to therapy. But um one of the things that I did was I went to this women's circle. It was like it was on Zoom because it was, you know, it was just easier Mm -hmm. to to connect that way. And I connected with a whole bunch of people and they all sat around and talked about how sad they were about their breakups. And I remember there was one lady on there that was like, oh, I you know, I, you know, my husband left me eight years ago and I'm still so sad and I come every week. And, you know, I thought, well, of course, everybody takes as long as they need to take to deal with grief. But it occurred to me that I really wasn't like sad like these people were, Mm -hmm. like just profoundly sad. I was sort of confused. I needed answers. I was angry. And those were things stemming from trauma. So I felt the support Mm -hmm. group, as much as it was helpful for people going through grief, it wasn't really designed for people who might have been trying to understand the trauma of the relationship and the impact it had the trauma of the breakup. And that was just a really, that was kind of eye opening. It was like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm doing all the right things, aren't I? And this is really helpful for grief, but it isn't helpful for trauma. And it wasn't until really shortly after that was when I talked to the breakup coach and found out the difference between the two.
1: Well, and that's the thing that we've talked about before is you have to be an active participant. So you try these things doesn't mean that everything you're going to try is going to work, but I believe you've, try something it's not working cut your losses move on right and so then you try something else or you meet you try to meet that need in a different way and i think that you should have given me that support group when i needed it because i could be in that support group i'd <laughs> be like yeah. we have this 24/7 <laughs> you <laughs> and, would have liked to but it. <laughs> you would have appreciated it would have saved you a lot of time um but yeah. you know that's the thing i'd be that lady I'm, still
0: here. I'm worried so that here. you may be that lady um
1: <laughs> for the rest of your life every time you
0: go through a breakup, it's going to be yeah. like twenty years later you' like, it's only
1: oh, one like, break only one only one <laughs> so so what have you
0: done? I mean, for me, the things that helped me deal with grief were kind of the obvious things like I said, you know, kind of time appreciating memories, going through some therapy. The support group to some extent um you know sort of the typical things was there anything kind of unique that helped you with grief, not necessarily the trauma piece of it, but just the grief?
1: No, I mean, I think I've talked about it before and we had her on Coach Dorothy in season two. I mean, she was the bomb and she does those um Get Over Your Ex Boot Camps. I went to her mini boot camp, you know? And a lot of time I was actually working. So I was trying to listen simultaneously, but just listening to her podcast, you know, like I was out, I walk my dogs when it's, you know, dark outside, right? So there's coyotes, it's gorgeous, but it's, I mean, you're out there alone in the world you feel like. And um it's before anybody... Most other people are up and hearing her talk and talk in my ear and then her loving way of talking to her, um, brave hearts, she calls them. It was so helpful. And who would have thought a podcast could like make mm-hmm. such a profound impact, but it did. And you know, later we got to connect with her and that was unbelievable because she had been like a lifesaver for me truly. And you know, just this weekend, like, two friends reach out to me on Saturday almost back to back I mean literally back to back of traumatic breakups and really they were both traumatic and one was very very sad and they both told me like just talking it through with me was was so helpful and tonight I'm going to a concert with one a kind of concert that I would never ever 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 think of going to I would have never booked it gone, whatever but you know, she was supposed to go with her husband. So I'm going with her, you know, and I, that's where you got to reach out to people, right? Because you don't want to have those concert tickets and go alone. And you shouldn't have to, because that's part of healing. It's like, you know what, screw you. You know, you left or things didn't work out. Well, I'm not going to sit in my house and just cry my eyes out, you know,
0: I'm going to get out there
1: and do stuff.
0: That's that loss you're- talking, you know we've been talking about It's like right. we were going to do this together, like we were going to go to the concert together now I can't go because you know so and so we're not together, and I mean that seems like the most like the the smallest of things and like the in the grand scheme, but it really isn't it's very immediate it for, right. for this woman I mean she had these tickets, and it's the first time it's going to be really starkly noticeable that she turns and looks at the seat next to her and realizes her husband is not there and and there are going to be more more opportunities where that is going to happen where you know she's going along to something, not going to something or going with a friend and, or even later on going with someone new. And that is just reinforcing that sense of loss.
1: But it'll be good because I will be there and I will make it peppy Mm -hmm. and fun. And that's the thing is you've got to do that. You're, you have to replace. And I think here's the thing. I mean, this is very fresh for her. I'm in a situation where it's been, I don't know, 10 months, 11 months. And I'm just now getting to the point where I have to accept that it's over, that the breakup has occurred and that all my fantasies of driving home and seeing that person's car in my driveway, that's all they are is a fantasy. And, you know, people are at a different speed. And I know many of my friends have tried to get me to move quicker with that, you know? Um, But I had to, I have to be where I am. And I, I, you have to come. It was something I saw like a TikTok video or something, some guy who I really liked, but he was like, the first thing in moving forward is accepting what has happened. You just have to accept mm-hmm. it. If you've been broken up with, they broke up with you. They left. Boom. That's and it. And it's going to take a while sometimes
0: for people to, you know, come into that. I mean, this, you know, stages of grief, you know, one of them is, you know, kind of getting through denial, right. Where you're like, this, mm-hmm. didn't, happen. this didn't happen. And it, and it did. And so, you know, I think one of the things that you're really referring to is this idea is even though we notice the loss, say, looking over at the seat at the concert and realizing that it's not the husband that's there, that's also indicative of the starting the process of rewriting the scripts. It mm-hmm. does, you know, for all these future things, you start to look forward to someone that you're going to be next to without the expectation that it would be your husband. So, you know, like, oh, well, when these, this group comes back in town next year, I'm going to call Tracy because we did this Mm -hmm. last year and this would be a lot of fun. And you get to rewrite the scripts. And so that's also part of the healing process is just getting to rewrite your story in the future.
1: Well, and I also think it's, it's, I don't know what I was going to say.
0: What was I going to say? This is a first. Wait, everyone, listeners, stop for a moment. This is a first.
1: No, it's <laughs> called a senior moment. I have many of them. I'm having a senior moment, although I would like to put out there to the world that today um, somebody thought I was 43 and she actually <laughs> chased me down to take a photo of my hair for her mom. So uh, <laughs> I am over 50, but I was perceived to be 43. And I like that in the record books. Thank you. Um, okay. I forgot what I was going to say, but basically it's it's that, you don't have Oh, here's what I was gonna say. That person broke up with you. Well, okay, so they did it. I know it's devastating. I am completely have been devastated. But I can't go then not live my life. You know what I mean? And I think there there's another grieving thing is that you feel a lot of guilt, like I'm going to go out and do these fun things, or I'm going to have this life. And yet, that person's not with me. I thought we were going to do those things together. Even when Mm -hmm. you're the person who's been broken up with you, like feel guilty or I'm going to move on or I'm going to go flirt with someone or I'm going to go, you know, maybe initiate a new relationship. Well, you feel kind of like a cheater, you know? And those are the things I think that you have to reconcile within yourself is that you deserve more, you know? And if somebody doesn't want to be with you for whatever reason it is, well, that's their loss, maybe this Mm -hmm. wasn't the right time. Maybe they couldn't get their stuff together. Maybe you were a jerk. I don't know, but you don't have to suffer for the rest of your life. And I think that that to me is universal of what I've seen is when people get broken up with or somebody leaves or whatever, they just self, they attack themselves, you know, they, they, what did I do? Berate themselves or, you know, criticize, criticize, criticize. And yeah, you don't have to go on party that night, but you don't deserve to just sit there and beat yourself up, you
0: know? Right. I mean, that's part of that grieving process. And you can, I mean, a lot of times people will say, well, you were the one who broke up with that person. You, you know, why are you having grief and sadness and loss? You chose this. And it's like, well, I'm still sad. I still, I mean, this relationship didn't go the way that I wanted it to go or where you'd stay together. Right. And because it didn't go the way we wanted to go, I'm sad about that. And it's okay. But let's shift gears a little bit into to this idea of uh, how might you you know go about trying to heal from trauma, you know. And of course, we're we're not mental health experts. You know, these are just some of the things that we recommend, or you know, only from our own experiences. And in, with Tracy and I, we've tried very different things. But I think really the key here is that identifying between your grief and identifying between your trauma, and then seeking professional assistance is is our biggest recommendation. But with that said, you know, some of the things in dealing with trauma you know, there are people that specialize in trauma-informed therapy where, you know, they really mm-hmm. are trying to uncover the patterns and, you know, childhood experiences and things. Um, And then certainly current traumas like a breakup that may have an impact on, on a person, right. And, and carry with them a long-term, you know, kind of impact. But, um, there's a few things that, that, that can work, right? Like self-compassion um, trauma mm-hmm. is an, basically an event. It's something that's happened to you. And it's, it's some, you know, in some ways it's jarring, it's hurtful mm-hmm. or wh- whether it was intentional or not having a little self-compassion that it's okay to feel really sad or hurt or mad or whatever, and just keep showing up as your best self and love yourself. I mean, that is really important. You just experienced a big trauma. I mean, think about it. It's like, you know, if you, you know, fell and, you know, broke your ankle on a hiking trail, like Tracy, you know, right. Tracy and I were out, that's trauma and like have a little compassion for yourself. But I think, well, from,
1: oh, and I want to say you can get, there's so many resources, books, you know, like we mm-hmm. listen to the Scribd app, which has so many audiobooks. So while you're doing something, you can be listening and podcasts and speakers, yes. Tara Brock, you know, she's a Buddhist speaker and she talks about self-compassion, radical self-compassion. Um, and I think that's so important. Like, if you're going to practice self-compassion, which we all should, or self-love, self-understanding, get the resource. There's so many resources and it, it mm-hmm. doesn't come naturally. And I have that app I told you called, or yeah, I am. And guess what? While we're talking, I just got a notification from it that said, I am a beautiful work in progress. So if I need to get a 100 of those a day, you know, pumping me up, then I need to do that. And honestly, that's helped. That, it's just, it's a little app, but it like tells me these things all day long. And honestly, I feel like it's almost knowing exactly what I need. And a friend reached out to me today and said, what are you doing, you know, to help yourself? Like, what do you call that affirmations and stuff? And I sent Mm -hmm. her the app and I'm like, this has helped me so much, like a buck 99 a month or something. And I'll tell you, that thing is like a genius little, (laughs) it's a little helper. It's really helped me. I mean, you wouldn't think these things, right? Listening, but, but here's the thing, you listen to like a Tara Brock lecture and you're like, you know what? How many people are sitting in that auditorium listening to her and, and resonating with what she's saying? Because these things are universal. And I think we find healing in, in, in understanding that we are collective. We are together, even if some of us, even if some of us act irresponsibly, jerkish, whatever, human beings need each other you know, and if you're going to find healing, I think you need to find it. You either find you're that person that goes out into nature and never talks to anyone, or you're a person who reaches out and, and heals yourself by connecting with other people and understanding there are universal themes, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing too, is that, well, not everybody's experienced the same trauma. Most everybody has experienced trauma. So, you know, people you can be very empathetic in in a way saying, you know, I, I don't know exactly what you're experiencing, but I've also experienced something traumatic and, you know, I'm right here, you know, for you or with you. So, you know, that in some ways you're not alone, even though you might be alone in that scenario. Um, right. Yeah. You know, I know you, you swear by that app and, you know, it's mm-hmm. funny just, just to give our listeners just a different point of view as you screenshot the message every day and you send it to me. And I read it and it says, you are on the right path pretty much every other day. It's some variation of that. And then I, I giggle and then I like to send you some silly thing back and give you like a, 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 a you know, another version of my own. That thing is reading my
1: mind in my life. Okay? I know. And,
0: and I know that it is so profound for you and I can't help think like affirmations do absolutely nothing for me, but that's right. the whole key here is mm-hmm. that what works for one person isn't always going to work for another and vice versa. Like for me, one of the big things that worked, and this is, of course, goes back to my, kind of control freak type a really kind of structured way of getting through this process of trauma is once I, once I realized that I was going through trauma, you know, I started to do things like, um, identifying trauma triggers. Like Mm -hmm. what were those things that in my past relationships, like all of them Mm -hmm. that, that I have been carrying with me as patterns of expectations of lack of boundaries of something that I carry with me today scripts about the world and then thinking about what those are and then thinking about how that is impacting my behavior and expectations of interacting with others. So um, I'll give you an example. This isn't a personal example, but just an example of a trauma trigger. So maybe somebody dated um, or was married to an alcoholic, right? Um, And so they've got a lot of trauma around alcohol um, mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, they end up splitting up with that person and they start dating someone else and they're out to dinner and that person orders a drink. And all of a sudden, you know, that other person sort of goes into the spiral of like, what if mm-hmm. they drink more than one? Am I going to be counting drinks all night? Am I going to have to drive? Mm-hmm. Am I going to have to put them in bed? And then all this stuff comes up. And so being able to identify ahead of time what some of those trauma triggers are can help like kind of work through the patterns. I mean, sometimes people will get through it by immersion, right? By just going and... To hanging out with people who are drinking and starting to learn to be okay with it. Sometimes people just talk through it with a therapist. Sometimes people work through it with journaling, but being able to identify what some of those trauma triggers are can help. Um, and they help me considerably. I mean, I'm not through them all. and There's things even in my current relationship where I'll be triggered by something and I won't even realize where it's coming from until I kind of sit with it and say, okay, this is not about you and it's not about us. It's totally about me and some kind of trigger that I have. And I need to figure out how to unpack this. And kind of move forward and through this trigger.
1: Yeah, because you could then, if you don't figure that stuff out, you could put that on the next person. And then that's going to cause a problem between you and traumatize that person. Because I was, I did, uh I was with someone who had been with an alcoholic before And one time I took an allergy pill and then I think I had like literally a quarter of a glass of wine. And for 12 hours I was face down. Like I, that allergy pill knocked me out. Never had taken one before. And that triggered that person. Like you wouldn't believe. And when I told my friends that, oh my gosh, this person said I had a drinking problem. They were like laughing. So like, I'm the last person on earth who would have a Mm -hmm. drinking problem, (laughs) you know? And I was like, yeah, I'm like, "It's it's the allergy pill. I swear. And it's like, that's your past, right? But you're, I get it because you were traumatized, but you got to work on that because you can't bring that in and accuse, you know, like if you've been cheated on, you can't then go being, you're going to be more nervous with the next person, but you can't accuse them of shit. You can't look in their phone. You can't, you know, do those things. You can't think they're doing the same thing somebody else did. And you really have to, unless you're some kind of person who just goes after the same person over and over again, you know, the similar kind of person, like you need to check yourself and you need to correct your uh behavior, I think, because that is really, I, I think that's very dangerous to have triggers. I mean, you're going to have them. It's very dangerous to have unrecognized triggers. Yeah. Well, and, it's really and, detrimental to the next relationship.
0: And that's the thing is it's not, not only is it that, it sets the next, next relationship up for expectations that are, you know, kind of unrealistic and, and, you know, put upon them, but it also just in the healing process, those trauma triggers can really hold you back from healing from a breakup too, is, you know, if, if I'm constantly holding on to these scripts of like, you know, I'm gonna assume someone's gonna cheat, or I'm gonna assume someone's gonna drink, or I'm gonna assume something's gonna happen, it's gonna also be harder for me to let go of that, of what, the resentment and anger that I have towards that person for doing those things to me in which I developed those scripts. So if you start to deprogram, talk through, work through those scripts so they don't exist, it takes the power away from that breakup. It's it now mm-hmm. that person is not responsible for having kind of jaded you. You you know you let you get to let them off the hook and and be able to move forward with your life without all of that baggage. But if you don't deal with that trauma, that person, that breakup or that relationship will always be part of influencing who you are and how you see the world. And and you owe yourself more even than, even without a future relationship, you owe yourself more to figure out how to let go of those traumas before they, they eat you alive. Just you, not even just or wreck the
1: next relationship. Yeah. And that's the thing that is exactly the same for therapy about yourself and your past and what you came from as a child and all that. And, you know, I've talked about this before, and I think we're going to have a, either a whole season on or something is that, you know, there's so much I didn't even realize until I was 47. I'd been in relationships since I was 20 years old. So 27 years of relationships and had never dealt with myself. And, you know, mm-hmm. I could like get down on myself and be like, why didn't I do this when I was 20? But whatever, I didn't, you know, so now I'm going forward understanding all of this stuff. And I have to say, you know, I've had a couple of recent conversations with people where they're like, well, once you start doing the therapy and you start to see things, it makes you see things in a totally different light. It's kind of makes it hard to be around people who haven't done the work and haven't looked at themselves or, you know, what they're putting on, like their traumas from relationships, be it parents, you know, caregivers or or partners. And I said, okay, it is hard at first, but then you get to a point where it's like, you feel so much better. You feel so much better being able to look at things in a more clear way and to deal with them more rationally, you know? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Well, and this idea of
0: therapy, right. And how useful it is, you know, you've gone to a therapist and I've gone to therapy for many, many years and You know, this idea we can unpack those, those past patterns and childhood, you know, experiences. And it wasn't until I got to the breakup coach that I realized that trauma needed to be on my list. And now I can go back to my therapist and I can talk about trauma. Mm -hmm. And and I just didn't know that we were, we weren't, we were talking mostly about my grief and not about my trauma. But now I know that, you know, with the the right kind of therapy, you can have both of those types of conversations with your therapist. But there's also still a value in coaching, you know, the, the coaching for me was also not just kind of dealing with the past trauma, but it was talking about how I could let go of some of that trauma to move forward. So like as therapy Mm -hmm. might look at your past or interpreting your present, the coaching I found was much more forward looking. It was like, okay, now what are you going to do next? Like, Mm -hmm. and, and it it was really funny because my, I, I had four sessions with my breakup, she was my breakup coach. By the fourth session, she had actually turned into my dating coach. She was mm-hmm. helping me figure out how I could position myself in my online profiles and how I could put myself out there and build my confidence. And it was very much a coaching thing. And we finally just decided to terminate the, the relationship just only because it was just, <laughs> it was costing me money to have someone basically pep me up to go get on the apps. And, um, but I really appreciated what she served for that time that I needed that coach in my life.
1: Plus you had me for free, which I like to point out that I I acted as your psychic, your breakup (laughs) coach, your dating coach, your therapist, all of that. You got extra for free, but you know, that is something that's, I think really important to understand that coaching is different than therapy and they both have an extraordinary value in your life. And if you want to think, oh, I don't need any of those things, well, you know, let's just look at a professional athlete like Martina Navratilova, one of my personal heroes, you know, she started out getting like, she was the first one to have a diet coach or a nutrition coach. She had a, you know, just a serving volley coach. She had a, you know, tr- fitness coach. She had like, you're not going to get to the top. You're not going to be the best unless you, you identify all this stuff and do the work. You can't just sit mm-hmm. there and be hope that everything's just going to kind of work out, you know? And I think that right. that's so important. Coaching is so important. And I wish that I, here I'm not, I'm not going to go regretting, but I wonder how different would my life have been had I known all this stuff in my twenties, right? But because I'm an eternal optimist, I can say, okay, well, so I'm 50, over 50. But you know what? I'm starting over anyway. I'm just going forward with this, you know? Attitude that I'm going to improve myself in every way. I'm going to get the things I want. I'm going to have those things because we all deserve it. We all deserve it. Even if we showed up as a jerk in our last relationship, (laughs) that doesn't mean we need to go forward with that. And also I think this is huge to healing is that not everybody's meant to be together. You know, not everybody is meant to be together. And I think lesbians in particular, get with someone and they're like, okay, we got together. We're together forever. This is it. And you know, that's not true. And you can take the time to really get to know someone and to get to know yourself. And then you'll have a much better, richer experience and a much healthier one.
0: You know? And when you're saying that too, it reminds me of this idea that just because a relationship didn't work out, doesn't mean that in and of itself was a failure or that you were a failure. And part of the healing process is also letting that go and saying, you know, like sometimes it's a success to get out of a relationship that isn't serving you and, or your partner. And that's That is not a failure. That's the opposite of failure. And so part of healing is also letting go of those kinds of uh expectations that we put on ourselves, like forever or my right. soulmate. And I, I say that tongue in cheek because I really do buy into that soulmate stuff. But it also puts a lot of pressure on us to like pick somebody when we're like 22 and then just be with them forever. And while that can happen, it doesn't always. And so this idea that a breakup happened, we sometimes feel like these failures and part of healing is also, um, healing ourselves from feeling like we let ourselves down. We weren't good enough to make it work. And so that is also part of the rewriting of the scripts and and not carrying that trauma of your own disappointment with you into future relationships exactly exactly okay so Tracy when should you start the healing process like after a breakup I mean is this something I mean, like you do like literally you're like okay all right bye have a good life bye and you're, like, you're like playing pickleball and you're calling your therapist or like what are you doing are you rolling around on the floor crying and bye. watching whatever St. Almost fire for a week what do you do
1: thanks a lot see ya good luck no you have to fall into a heap. I mean, I don't it's been so different <laughs> for me for every relationship and but I'll tell you the heartbreak the the one that ripped my heart out of my body. Um no, I went into a heap. I mean mm mm. Just cry, cry, cry and cry and cry and then cry and cry and then say, Okay, I gotta do something. So it's really individual, I think. I mean, I think you can give yourself a week to be a mess. But after that, you got to say, you know what, is this how I'm going to live my life? Is this how I want to be? And you can still be a mess. You can still be sad. You can still be, you know, talking about it 10 months, 11 months later, but you don't have to put off your life. I mean, we've talked about this, right? My healing process over this past year has been, and it's not linear, but also profound. I've done, I've had different jobs. I've had you know, this podcast, I've gotten a puppy, I've had some really extraordinary things happen while simultaneously still being really sad. So right. you get to it when you need to get to it. But don't let that really pathetic part of you take over because it doesn't help you and it doesn't help anybody else. And I'm sorry if that sounds judgmental, but you got to pick yourself up off of the floor. Are you going to do it in a day you're going to do it in a week? It's really, you know, don't let it be months. That's, yeah. What's the point? You're just wasting your life. If somebody treated you like crap, well, that's on them,
0: you know? Right. Right. That's I'll on take, them. take the time that you need to do it, but you're right. The balance between, you know, you know, laying in the heap and, and getting up for me, I was like, you know, I'm on it. I was mm-hmm. like the door closed and I was like, I'm moving forward. And, um, and I did. And frankly, Um, you know, that's actually one of the reasons I met you, Tracy, was because I was like, well, I'm not just going to sit home on the 4th of July by myself. I'm going to go to this event. And then I went and I was like, oh, I don't want to go to this event. And Mm -hmm. then I met you. And so I kind of kicked myself to get back out there. I, you know, I was in a miserable state but I started moving. And so for me, I did what you did in many ways is kind of lived in simultaneity where I tried to move forward with my healing at the same time as knowing that just some days sucked and it was okay. I could move forward and feel terrible sometimes at the same time. It wasn't like I had to feel terrible. And then once I didn't feel terrible anymore, I could move forward with my life. I just sort of did them in in tandem.
1: Well, here's something that's so interesting. So when we met, that was my divorce, not my most recent breakup. And I was I was in a state of I had been a suburban um, stay-at-home kind of parent person and I hadn't been out in years in that way and my friend said go you need to go and you and I were both in these awful awful emotional places like I mean the worst mm-hmm. and we didn't know that about each other when we talked and I think that that shows like people hey look you can be in a really bad state I mean I left as soon as I walked out the door we went out at the same time and we went different directions I was crying within a half of you know I don't even think I made it out of that person's yard before I was crying and calling my friend saying that was the worst idea ever I did meet this one nice girl and we can talk or lady or whatever but like I was like I don't even know I can't ever go out again that was awful even though look we were you felt the same way and you even texted somebody and said it was awful and yeah, there's this chick you met but no dating potential. We have that text. And, and we have um proof, <laughs> <we have> proof. <laughs> there's proof everybody. We've never liked each other that way. Nope. Everyone get over it. Um, but that's the thing is like we were at our worst, both of us. Yep. And yet look at what we look at what came out of that. The best friendship ever. So it doesn't, okay. you know, we didn't go looking for our dates. I wasn't looking for a date. You weren't looking for a date, but we have found like a true you're my ride or die friendship. And that came out of our worst. So you deserve it. Or you owe it to yourself or you, you can get out, you don't have to be miserable while you're sad.
0: You know, (laughs) right? That actually makes sense. Yes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And the fact was that our symbiotic sadness actually helped each other heal. Which is yeah. really cool. It's like when you're not going through it alone, we weren't experiencing the same thing, but it was just like, some days I have bad days and you'd have really good ones. You're like, come on, let's go hike. And other days you were crying in the corner. And I was like, let's, you know, let's just do this. Well, let's and out.
1: our lives changed so much, right? Because when you we we met, you were, we both were in basically comfortable. I was in a legal divorce and you were in a, a breakup of a long-term ma- relationship, but that was the same length as my marriage. But I met somebody very quickly that I began to date and then you didn't and you were doing all of your, your speed dating, all that kind of stuff. And so here I was in this love relationship and then you met someone and there was a little bit of overlap and then I was broken up with and I went into devastation circle, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you were there for me. So it's like, Nothing in life is just so clear cut or easy, or it's going to go along this path. And I think that that's the whole point of, you know, a lot that we do is like, nothing's gonna Things aren't just going to be easy. They're not going to, Oh, you meet someone that's good. Everything's going to be great. You know? So finding go, you still have to live even when things aren't going your way, I guess yep. you still have to hope and, and, and work for to give yourself you deserve it every person deserves it you know that's why I love coach Dorothy that's why I love I get you know emails from Mel Robbins and says Tracy and in case anyone hasn't told you Tracy I love you and of course that's going to probably a million Five million people, but I'm like, oh my god, Mel Robbins loves me. It's you know? a mail merge, me, just so you know. Right? It is a
0: mail merge program where yes. you just put yeah. your name in. It's not I, Mel I sitting know. there being like, I wonder how Tracy's feeling today. But you're right, yeah. though. It makes you feel better, and you know exactly. if it's if it's affirmations, if it's those pick me ups, those emails that you're not alone. For me, it was like just subscribing to four thousand horoscope, you know, emails. And yeah,
1: see, here um, you're talking about horoscopes in this, and you say. Those affirmations, I think those affirmations come straight to me. And that's the thing. It's beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It is in the eye of the receiver is that you just wanted to point out to me that this is some computer program, but in my (laughs) fantastical mind, Mel Robbins is loving me. She loves me and And she wants me to have a good life. Exactly.
0: And you are Coach Dorothy's brave heart, and yes. all these affirmations are about you are on the yes. right path because they're saying, Tracy, you are on the right path. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, I totally, yes. I'm right there with you. And, and this is, again, one of those things where what works for you works for you. So, exactly. all right, folks, we are about out of time. We've had yet another lively discussion about... um about healing actually this time and about, uh, you know, really distinguishing the difference between grief and trauma. Maybe that's talking about what Tracy did, but, you know, making two lists, figuring out what your trauma triggers are, go get some support, seek out some therapists that, you know, that might help maybe a coach, uh, lots of great things you can do. Uh, we'll stay tuned. We're going to put some good resources in the show notes today. And until we talk again, go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com
1: for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.